Welcome to the Essence to Essence um, Insights. This is Saratova Best. This is um, uh, an explanation or comments on Dr. Zelenko's book, Essence to Essence. Okay, we are at, up to the point where we were talking about the purity of the, the soul of the soul of the neshama and what the neshama wants, that it, it really wants that unity with Hashem. And now we are up to blunt his teeth. And we all know about blunt his teeth from the Pesach Haggadah. Uh, we talked about it before. So what is this? There are moments when we feel disconnected. Sometimes there are years, weeks, when we feel kind of disconnected. What do we do about that? Because the point is we want to feel that our everyday life is totally connected with Hashem and the unity of Hashem, the unity with Hashem. So the fact is, I'm going to read from his book, our choices and decisions have profound effects on the world. So that means we have values that really go way beyond the circumstances. The truth that we the truth is based on what Hashem says. So our truth is not, you know, everybody knows that <clears throat> whatever it is, the grass is green and this and that. No. How do you know? You know, there's a famous story, there's a, a famous verse that um <clears throat> They asked the Yid, how do you know there's a world? Someone could ask you too. How do you know there's a world? How would you know there's a world? You might wonder. How do I know there's a world? Because when you open up the tyrant says, you understand, oh, there's a world. Hashem created a world. How do you know there's a world? Because tyrant tells you there's a world. So our truth is not based on what we see with our eyes. Our truth is based on an ultimate truth coming through the the Holy Torah. So good decisions will affect positive, constructive outcomes. And, I'm just reading his words, and result in, and foster soul unity. When we make good decisions in life, it enables our soul, our neshama, to feel one with Hashem much more easily. Of course, it's leading the neshama up in that direction. We make good decisions that it's kind of like a, a taxi service. <laughs> Consider a, a decision, a taxi, a car service. If your neshama says, I want to go up and really be one with Hashem. So you call uh, the the pink taxi service and it takes you up. What goes on in the pink taxi? Good decisions. I want to go up to Hashem. Great. The name of the taxi, you know, okay, call the taxi, he pulls up and it says, good decisions taxi service. Oh, okay. Because when you make good decisions, they drive you to a unity with Hashem. Now, what if a person feels like they want to go kind of back down into the mud of unholiness or discontent or disconnect or something like that, right? So they call another taxi service, the brown one. It's called, right, it's called the bad decision taxi service. He said, hello, I need a taxi to go to sort of darker places in my life. Oh, great, we'll send you a taxi. Here comes the taxi. Beep, they're waiting at the door. And what happens? It's the bad, it's called the bad decision taxi service. How do I drive myself sort of downward, God forbid? Bad decisions. How do I drive myself upward to a unity with Hashem? Good decisions. 
that I'm reading his words now, bad decisions affect negative destructive outcomes and result in the soul's fragmentation. The neshama starts to feel when we make poor decisions, bad decisions, the neshama starts to feel like uh, not unified all over the place. And there's such a disunity, it causes a disunity in the soul and the neshama. Where? Remember we said we have five levels in the neshama? So where is the split? Where is that split? That bad decisions make something split open. Very simple. It splits the yechida off from the four level lower, four level lowers, four lower levels of the neshama. The yechida stays up, bound to Hashem in a oneness. But it becomes disconnected from the other parts of the neshama. That explains how people can be pure in their source and do not such great things. God forbid. Because there's a wall that gets stuck in between. There's a disconnect that gets stuck between the, the Yechida and the Nefesh Ruch Neshama and Chayim. We said in the other, in the other audio, how could we explain uh, uh, a Yid, God forbid, driving on Yom Kippur in his car, eating a cheeseburger, playing loud music, etc. And yet, and he obviously doesn't seem his, the four lower levels of his neshama certainly don't seem to be inspiring him to be godly. On the contrary. <clears throat> but his yechida is totally godly. And that's why if somebody, God forbid, stops him, you know, and holds a gun to his face and says, whatever, whatever the thing is that that he perceives, that his neshama perceives as this will disconnect me from Hashem. So it could be bowing down to a Salem or, or denouncing Hashem. There is something that every neshama, each neshama has a different standard. He will be ready when it's demanded of him, and they say otherwise I sh- they shoot, God forbid, he will be ready to give his life up. He will be ready to die. Al-Kiddush Hashem, Hashem. Even though he's living an ungodly life. Because his Yechida is still ready for that, still has one thing. It wants unity with Hashem. And the other parts of the Neshama got disconnected from that. So it results in, I'm reading from the book, a spiritual iron curtain that has profound negative consequences on a, a Yid's well-being. Yeah. Now in this case, let's not just talk about him. Us. There are moments when we feel disconnected. Or there are things in which we feel, okay, let me alone, that's not for me. We feel disconnected. If we didn't, we would feel very, very happy all the time. There are situations in which we feel somewhat disconnected. <clears throat> and that's why we said, the Russia says, yeah, this, you know, what is this service to you? Meaning, I'm not relating to this at this moment. It can even be, you know, we go somewhere and that we have very strong kaivas for food and somebody says, you know, I don't know, are you sure of that, Hefshir? And like, uh, yeah, I heard it's fine. Uh, right? We feel disconnected. Like, leave me alone. You want to be machmer? You be machmer. We feel that disconnect. So what do we do? Nobody likes, if you're a sincere yid, you don't like the disconnect. You don't like those parts of yourself that are not as deeply unified with Hashem as the others. Or in the case of the guy, you know, driving in his car in Yom Kippur. What do you do to heal the split? There's a split. 
between your yeshiva and the rest of your parts of your neshama, of your soul. What do you do to heal it? Take the wall out. Take the barrier out between the high, between the two parts, and then it'll ring down. Um, um, what's an example? Uh, we're painting. We're doing painting in my house right now. So you ha- there's sort of um, we, we put a drop cloth on the floor because paint may be falling down, you know, coming down. But we don't want it to go on the carpet. So we put a barrier between them. There's a piece of plastic. So that the paint that's coming down from the walls will stop when it gets to the plastic and not go all the way down to the floor. Now, when the person who's doing it does it, he does it right. When I do it, (laughs) after hours, I get sloppy. And guess what happens if you pull out the plastic? Then the paint from up there goes all the way down to the carpet. Nothing stops it. That's my sloppy painting. So what we want, that's in the negative. What we want is that our highest part of our neshama should come down all the way down into our everyday life. And then we won't be disconnected people. Our life will reflect and our happiness and our sense of wholeness will reflect the power of our neshama. That's all those kids who are kind of struggling and they sense that there's only one way to live, and which is powerfully living from your yeshidah shimanesh. And when they see that not everybody's doing that, it's too hard for them. It's, it's Seeing everybody else's disconnect and splitting too painful for them. Because they're very, very, they're, they're mashiach neshamas, and they're very they're not acting like Mashiach Neshamas, but they are, and they're, um, it's, it's not a, a simple thing. They, their, their soul, their Neshama says, all Yidin should be experiencing this unity and living on the level of Yechid Shabbat and otherwise I, I can't take it. In our generation, we felt like, okay, everybody's trying their best. A, 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 a Neshama of a, a younger person has no patience for everybody's trying their best. Like, why aren't they not there? But, okay, so to get back to, so what do we do when we have somewhat of a disconnect between what our high part of our neshama feels and, and the rest of our life? Or when we're learning something, we feel, yes, absolutely. And then when we stop learning, we feel, you know, we feel differently. That's the split. So what do you do to heal the split? Take the mechita, take the plastic away from between them, and it'll pour down from the top to the bottom. It's called bluntest teeth. As he says here in the book, as Dr. Zelenko says in the book, how does aggressive dental work belong to the narrative? It seems out of place and violence. And why poke him in, why not poke him in the eye or pull his ear? Okay. So here's the answer. It's very, it's very beautiful. The Hebrew word for Russia is, if you, you know, Rash and Shin and, and Ayin is 570. You know, 200, 370, 570. The Hebrew word for teeth, Shinov, his teeth, is, if you, Shin and, and, and Nun and Yud and Vav comes out to 366. So when you blunt something, it means you take something off. You know, um, sometimes people, <laughs> this is a dental thing. Sometimes I don't remember why, but the dentist will, of the two, your two top teeth right in the front, um, they're, they're, um, 
they're kind of like a little knife at the bottom. They're not smooth. And for some reason, dentists will um, shave them down and make them smooth. I, I don't remember why. I don't think that's a good idea because we're supposed to be able to bite things, I guess. They figure we have forks and knives so we don't need our teeth to to cut food up. But they were created by Hashem for us to be able to cut food up because they're sort of jagged if you feel your teeth. So if you're going to shave off, if you're going to blunt your teeth, it means you, you know, it's like the dentist says, how about if I blunt your teeth? You know, blunt my teeth. What are you going to do with my teeth? So I'm just going to shave off the bottom of your top teeth so that it's smooth. I'm going to take off a little piece. So it's going to be blunt. It's not going to be uh, rough anymore. That's what it means, blunt your teeth. So, and physically too. So that means if you have a Russia, somebody who's feeling he's being disconnected, he's feeling disconnected, but you're going to take, a, take something off of him. Take something, you're going to just remove a little piece of his teeth. You're going to remove a little bit of his opposition. So take the gematria, the numerical value of Russia, which is 570, and take off the teeth part, which is 366. Just blunt it a little, you know, shave it down a little bit, blunt it. And you come up with a number, just simple math, 204. So if you shave off a little bit of that stuff from him, you come up with 204. That's an important number, because 204 is the equivalent of the word tzaddik. I'm not quite sure how it adds up to it, but it says here. The equivalent of the word tzaddik. So that means that when you blunt the teeth of a, of a Russia, you make them into, on some level, a little bit of a tzaddik. You make them from the bad guy to the good guy. What do you do? You shave down his teeth. You blunted his teeth. But how does blunting his teeth make him from a Russia to a tzaddik? So teeth in Jewish law, are very important. There are laws about healing on Shabbos. How, what you can do to break Shabbos for healing. How serious the illness or injury is, this determines whether you can break Shabbos or not. Um, when things are life-threatening, then we're supposed to break Shabbos. Tyra says not only you can, you should break Shabbos, if there's a life-threatening situation. So we need to understand what is life-threatening. Shulchan Aruch says, internal injuries, I'm reading from the book, internal energies are considered life-threatening. External injuries are not necessarily. If, let's say, if a person gets a little scratch, and then, oh, I have a scratch, oh, it's, so they don't necessarily, and it's a very uh, external, external scratch, and it's really nothing. So they don't necessarily, not necessarily told to, to break Shabbos. But if they have an internal injury, that's considered life-threatening. And they have to break Shabbos. Considered, this is what you have to do to save a life. What are teeth? Teeth are on the border between internal and external. You know that your skin is external. You know that your liver is internal. What are your teeth? Your teeth are somehow in between. They're sort of external, but they're already on the way to being internal. You don't see them, I mean, unless you smile. But they're all already part of the digestive system, which is internal. 
So teeth are, in a way, the barrier. They represent the barrier between internal and external. Very profound concept. Teeth represent, they're sort of internal, they're, but they're external. So they're right on the border between inter, their internal and their external. They're right on the border between internal and external. Oh, that's the place, the border. The border, you know, getting across the border these days. The border is the place. The teeth represent that border between internal and external. So now, why should you blunt your teeth? When the Haggadah tells the father, I'm reading from the book, tells the father, blunt the teeth of the son, the Russia, Haggadah is telling us that the barrier between internal and external parts of a, of a, of a neshama should be removed. Meaning, we said before, when you feel the disconnect, your internal part of your neshama, you know, the way you're acting and your external, that Yechidah Shabbat is up there outside of you, there's a barrier between them. Get rid of the barrier! And then your Yechidah Shabbat is just going to flow right down into your everyday life. How do you do that? Get rid of the barrier. What's the barrier? We're saying the physical counterpart of the barrier is the teeth. Chip a piece off the teeth. Just get rid of a little piece of the teeth. Spiritually, so to speak. Get rid of the barrier. The barrier is the spiritual iron curtain. That pre- I'm reading from the book. Prevents the truth of its essence from re- being revealed to the lower soul, low, lower soul levels that are associated with the body. Just get rid of the barrier so your everyday life will sync up with your Yechidah Shabbatnefesh. That's called bluntest teeth. Chop off a bit of the barrier, just a little bit. Shave it down. Shave down a little bit of the barrier. And you're all ready. The minute you shave off a tiny bit of the barrier between your higher self and your lower self, it's going to change your life. Some of the light from above is going to start to shine down, and then every and you'll start to make different decisions. That's the meaning of blunt your teeth. And as we said before, the essence of the neshama, the yechida, is always pure. And it's always connected with the essence of Hashem. It's only the bad choices that that Russia, that wicked son, that bad son made, that made him appear like a Russia. Because he made some poor choices. He hung around with the wrong kids and he gave into, you know, he had a pretty, had a weak backbone and they said, come on, let's do this. And he said, okay. And he made poor choices. His essence was always whole. He made some bad decisions. And those choices that he made created a schism, I'm reading from the book, in his psyche that obscured the truth of his pure and righteous essence. The decisions that he made are what sort of created that barrier. Great. Let's go backwards now. So the father is given the responsibility to motivate, educate, and facilitate the spiritual, psychological, emotional, and physical healing of his son. And by blunting his teeth, the wickedness of the son is cleansed away by the purity of his essence, and he reverts to his true righteous self. So to end off, this is us. This isn't just him, this boy, whoever he is. This is us. If we want the light of our neshama to shine down so that we become more whole and and experience the pleasure of the oneness with Hashem, we need to blunt our teeth. 
We need to get rid of a little bit of that barrier that's in the way. Move it out of the way, and everything will rain down. You know, if people who um, don't have a roof on their house, when it rains, the, uh, the rain comes into the house. When you put a roof, it stops the rain from coming into your house. In this case, we have a roof, but it's getting in the way between our higher neshama and our lower parts. And when we make bad decisions, we get stuck below. And so shining the light, you know, take that roof away in this case and letting, and just move it out of the way so that when the light of the neshama shines down, is raining down, it will actually affect our decisions. And once we make those decisions, it will set everything up in a totally different way. And we'll be able to step into, as we said, the purpose of this book, we believe, is to show us how he, um, what, what he felt was learning that enabled him to step into a life of bravery, fearlessness, uh, determination, um, healing, um, and all of those things. So may we find ourselves in Kitaran and Jacques offer for um, a Velba Wolf Zev Ben um, Aaron, and we should all find ourselves in the third base of Mavish immediately now.